What follows is a teaser for season one of Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama from the mind of Ray Stacanus. Reclaim Detroit will debut in July 2022 wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to at Vampire Detroit on Twitter. And now... There's some weirdo Satanist out there or something that you might have heard of? I mean, there are, but this doesn't sound like one of them. This is Detroit, 1996. For a long time, the Savage Sabbath vampires held claim to this area. That is, until four years ago when McMasters and his Camarilla group infiltrated the city, then kicked their asses out. I still can't believe your clan lets you call yourself Tory. There are no rules for us anymore. We are who we want to be. Right now, I want to be Tory. It's a little audacious, though, isn't it? Hey, audacious is my middle name. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it? Why am I in the back alley of this gin joint? It turns out that the best way to gain knowledge is to invite the city to your secret club and film them the entire time that they're there. Who knew? <laughs> I work for you Camarilla folks, too. But you also work for them. It's an underground gothic club for kindred. The lady would prefer tiki torches and Christmas lights. Some loudmouth drunks thought it would be fun to break in my domain and cause trouble tonight. They were wrong. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. And with a collapse of the former superpower, several powerful factions now vie for control. The threat is real. An evil organization calling itself Scar. Known only as Scar. Their goal, nothing short of total world domination. Led by this man, known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious! Not on my watch! 
Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This week, we're talking about Boom Ba Boom, G.I. Joe Extreme. We're here. We're getting towards the end of G.I. Joe Extreme. It feels like we just started this show, but it's been so good. It hasn't been torturous. This is not Deke era at all. But this is G.I. Joe. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. And we are talking about an episode called Hard Road Home. Hard Road Home. Which, I'm you gonna, know. I'm going to be honest. This was this was kind of a nothing burger episode for me. I felt myself forgetting it as I was watching it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It just felt like filler. It's ex- you know what you just said exactly my feelings on it. Uh, TV's Gene Ippolito. Uh, it really felt like they had all the stories they wanted to tell done with the silencer versus eagle eye section, and they still realized, oh, we still have like three more episodes to put up before the finale. Uh, let's just make a, just an episode where they just I don't know save refugees or something. That sounds good. Let's just do that. It feels like it. Sh- this should have been sort of the pattern of the shows. The entire way through, because if uh, Iron Claw is constantly funding, you know, uh, uh, generals and dictators, uh, just you know, like creating all sorts of chaos around the world, that makes sense as a strategy. Uh, but when you just do it like twice, you're like, did he intend to do that, or was that just like an accident, or? Um... Yeah, yeah, and, and and this is a general of a uh, the the Sar- Sarobia. Which is actually an ex- I think that's an excellent name for like a Middle East country. Uh, yeah, I can it, buy it, it. I would look for it on a map. It's uh, yeah, it sounds like Sokovia. Like you know, <laughs> it does. I didn't like, think about that. Like it yeah. sounds like something that Marvel would come up with to to be like, this is where Scarlet Witch lives. You know, if GI Joe Extreme ends with the signing of the Sarobia Accords, I'm going to know <laughs> something's fishy in this world. I'm just going to say it right now. It's it's not like when I when I found that uh, old Choose Your Own Adventure book mystery book called who killed harlow thrombone uh and then i watched knives out <laughs> where the uh the guy who got killed i believe his name was like harley thrombone and i wrote to um uh ryan uh, uh uh johnson on twitter with a picture of the book and i said i'm on to you and he liked it he knew he knew the game was up he knew he got caught he got busted by all almighty ray got another one what are you talking about You've never seen Knives Out? I have. You've never heard of a choose-your-own-adventure book called Who Killed Harlow Thrombone? I, that definitely sounds like a porn. Ray, no, did you accidentally watch like a, porn. a porn when you meant to watch Knives Out? Somehow <laughs> I did, and Ryan Johnson knew what I was talking about. No, Who Killed Harlow? Th- I swear I've talked about this on the show before. It's a choose-your-own-adventure book, but it's a murder mystery that you have to solve. And I took it out in elementary school from my school's library and I'm doing it and doing it, doing it. Finally find my way all the way to the last page to find out some goddamn asshole ripped out the last page of the book before returning it. Therefore, never was I to find out who killed Harlow Thrombone in the end. Um, I've since rebought it actually like a year or two ago. Uh, I've rebought it off of eBay, so I have a copy again. Never bothered to go through and finish it. But uh, as soon as the guy said the name of the victim on uh, Knives Out, I was immediately like, what the fuck? That's like the one mystery novel I remember. How did we get on this topic again? We're talking about when I nail people online. 
Ew. Like the Sorobia Accords. Ew. <laughs> None of this. Chad, if uh, you go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast, you can see many videos of me nailing things. If I go to that Patreon? Just, just you. <laughs> nobody else. This is just a Robert Clark Chan experience. It's a special mm. tier called the Robert Clark Chan experience. How much does it cost? It is very expensive. It I, is really expensive. Yeah. I assumed. It is. Uh, you you basically, uh, uh, I'm, but look, I'm trying to find a way to get our Patreon up to hate monger uh, levels. You know, I'm, I'm really working on it here. Yeah, yeah. So the choice is we can either say a whole bunch of horribly racist things mm-hmm. or uh, the the Robert Clark Chan uh, tier of of me nailing things on video. The Robert Clark Chan tier is just is is our OnlyFans where just all of the all of the horrible things that we make up are actually true there. <laughs> so it's, it's hell true. is what you're saying. Like all the weird Gina stuff and like oh, all of the weird. So it's things. a paradise yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> It's no, a the glorious, glorious paradise. Can you the imagine if we stuff. made an expensive tier on Patreon and then only put like the pre-show conversations that we have in there? <laughs> so only those people are the ones who get to hear it. That's how the internet works, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, great. Uh, with the uh, with the super expensive tier, we just give you Gina's address. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I mean you're not you're not gonna get to you're only gonna get to use that once or twice, and then I'll be dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And, this is a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. I guess like in one, I would be dead. But if you kept giving out the address, and then various people could come and cut off my dead toes and keep them in jars. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, wow. Because, wow. Uh, after she dies, we're not going to be able to get any of that monthly income anymore. So we need to set up a $600,000 tier so that the okay. first person, um, like, it. like at least we get some money out of this. Well, what if we just That's what my life Gina's... is worth to you? $6,000? Yeah, no, it's $100,000, Gina. Oh, all right. Maybe a little under that. That's fine. Um, you know what I can say is, what if we just pre-recorded Gina saying a bunch of stuff like, I hated the writing on this and things like that. And then after, you know, she's been brutally murdered by our patrons, um, we can just keep using it so they don't know that she's dead, right? That's a and, bad example because you would only be able to use that for He-Man. Whereas yeah, but we're going to do, said, obviously, yeah, we're going to do He-Man season two revelations. And no, you else. promised we wouldn't. But no, but you, you're dead, you Gina. Said, it doesn't matter to you. This only affects Chan. If you made me read something that was like, yeah, I thought this was a pretty decent cartoon, but or I don't I like, like shows where they're not eating enough sandwiches. I think that that <laughs> would those, be cut more those cut those out, please. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just be Gina saying, I kind of liked it, but and then I'll be like, let me step in here, Gina. I know what you're <laughs> going to say, and then we just continue on, and nobody will know the difference. The show just becomes us talking over Gina, as opposed to yeah. revealing that she's been murdered by one of our patrons. <laughs> I mean, here's I mean, the thing: I could be murdered this whole time. The audience doesn't know. This might right now be pre-recorded. Has anyone seen me? Uh, well, guys, no. Unfortunately, we recorded Gina saying that too. <laughs> what a dumb mistake that was. Thing. Yeah. Uh, if <laughs> only you had read that last page of that book to figure out how to get away with murder. Oh my gosh, this idiot. I'm so mad at the person from elementary school for ruining this story for me. I finally took no. the work to get there and there was no payoff. You didn't want it because in the final page, it turns out that Daniel Craig shows up and your mind would have been blown. You would have been like, oh my God. This is yeah, so I wasn't weird. ready for that. Yeah. I was like, who's Daniel Craig? Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago. Look, 
We're talking about Hard Road Home. And the first thing I want to say about this, I miss the live action intros from season one. Oh, yeah. I I miss them a lot, a lot. Like they were very, very fun. Season two, right? Or no? No, it's been only, uh, it's no cold opens. It's been straight to. uh, That's a budget thing right there. I feel like there was one or two. I, maybe they reused one or something, but but that's a hundred percent a budget thing. Like they said, like what can we do to trim the budget? And they're like, I mean, stop hiring live action actors to do stuff. And they're like, done. Really? Those were one hundred percent not uh, union actors. They oh, saved no. like thirty five bucks at that point. Total. Every penny at that when a network says we want you to cut the budget at that point, every penny goes. You're not getting cookies at lunchtime anymore. You're Weird. you're rationing creamer by the coffee pots. <laughs> I like all this. I think this is all delightful. <laughs> um, rationing creamer to the coffee. Do you put creamer in the coffee pot? I didn't. I'm not. I'm not. A I coffee said drinker, buy the coffee buy. pot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Buy. Here's it. See, I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't. I don't know things. Ugh. If wow. you were a coffee drinker, I would have to kill myself. Ray, this is buy erasure. It's wow. This is. <laughs> I mean, I drink soda. This is a joke for a very small audience, but uh, if you're there with me, yeah. High five. <laughs> If you're there with Robert Clark Chan in that joke, hashtag hell yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for that. Uh, okay. The opening of the uh, episode, there's a truck and it's full of, uh, that's not, they're not refugees, but I mean, they, they will be after this encounter. Um, they're it's not, it's not how refugees work. Yeah. They're peacekeepers. And so when they get abducted, they become refugees. Isn't that it? Like I heard that one album. <laughs> that's a, no, that's not how it works. They're, they're by the refugees. Oh, it's a good rap album. Good no, no. It, sure. it, well, that's short for it, sure. But, you know, it's the refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get blown up off a cliff, fall into the ocean, and they get abducted by the Butcher of Serobia. That's yeah. a badass name. Yeah, I, I was going to say, this is like a a very violently evocative name for kids to learn about because anytime someone's a a, a butcher of something like they've committed horrendous, horrendous war. Okay. Two things. One in this time period, every child will have already seen running man where, uh, true. uh, Butcher uh, Bakersfield, butcher Bakersfield. Yep. Two, uh, you are kind of correct. My favorite wrestler currently, his name is the butcher. And uh, it's very evocative. I definitely uh, between that and the mustache. It's just, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I do not love him. I would say right now it's a little different these days. Now you get like the butcher and you get the hardcore legend. And back when I was a kid, it was the barber. I'm terrified of a man who cuts hair. Like I that's, mean, that's, that's, that's more appropriate for a kid's show. Like, like if you're calling someone a butcher, they 100% murdered kids. Like even in running man, they framed him by saying he killed women, he killed children, he killed, he fired on a group of civilians. So th- in this GI Joe cartoon, they are implying that this butcher has killed many, many, many small children. Now, have they, or are they just implying he knows how to cut a good flank steak out of a cow? No, this is they want you to imagine him shooting kids right in the face. Wow, that is evocative. Yeah, I don't make the rules. All right. Well, let's cut over to do make the rules like you just did make this rule about (laughs) butchers. Now she didn't make the rules, Chan. She just enforces them. Yeah. Uh, Hate the player, not the game. 
the enforcer now that is an evocative name oh man yeah back we didn't have rough names we just had characters like the hitman bret hart Mm. never at any point i'm just realizing this now never did i think of him as an assassin no which is kind of weird because his name is the hitman well he's a technical yeah. assassin in the ring right but not even that i never thought of him as a technical assassin i just thought of him as like a really good technician who like got hits like mm. like like kind of like baseball kind of like you know like he hit his mark or whatever so i guess like a marksman but not like a killing kind of marksman. It's very I strange. wonder if you called up Bret Hart and asked him to murder someone, mm-hmm. if he would actually do it. Like that's actually his, you know, tongue in cheek, but like that's actually his profession. Yeah. Like you're legally bound to uh, carry out whatever your name is. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like if someone... the Undertaker wouldn't have been able to make it to any of the house shows if that were <laughs> true, because he would just constantly be embalming people no but it's only when someone like calls you on it specifically and asks like it's like it's like a genie in a bottle like if someone specifically calls and says like hey undertaker i need you to come and handle a body or hey hitman i need you to take someone out but i think very few people know these rules exist so really because you keep making them up you keep making them up (laughs) right on the spot and then saying they exist they do not exist gina you are a liar no these are very these are very well-known rules, and Gina's just up on them. That's all. I will yeah. expose you for the fraud you are. I just spread maker. the word. Yeah, you don't. Ha- yeah, don't 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 kill the messenger, Chan. Am I right? Yeah. If the- you did, you would have to call Brett the Hitman Hart and say, "I need you to kill a messenger for me." Yeah, we would not want that at all. You know, or you got to call up Lanny Poffo because you need a you need a genius for that minute. You know, I need a very smart person. Lanny, get over here. I, I need you like to read a poem. Ted the Messenger Chiswack probably has something to say about that. It does mean, oh, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, though. I mean, I, I have to believe he's been living the gimmick. He's probably uh, made at least a million dollars. He probably made at least a million dollars. That's fair. You know, he is. I mean, I think maybe the most aptly named wrestler of all time. No doubt. Why are we still talking about this? Because this is a nothing burger of an episode, and yeah, none of us have any real notes. Yeah. Well, look here's the deal. let me let me let, let's let's roll through it here. GI Joe's doing a, a like an obstacle course, and Freight beats it, which is really weird. There's a bunch of lasers on the wall, which are somehow pointed only in the places uh, away from the very middle of where you would be running. So he's he ends up running right at this giant grid of lasers, which shoot everything to the left and right, but nothing in the middle. So he just goes right through and blows it out. Uh, a well, quick strike. Have to, you have to. You have to have some wiggle room. They can't just sh- sh- fire at you. It would be like that scene in Resident Evil where it's like, "Ooh, can you get through these? Oh, that was rough. These lasers." And then it was like, "Just kidding." The lasers are everywhere, and then yeah. slice you into That's- tiny little diamonds. That's a, I'm not, when I saw that movie in theaters and yes, I did. And that scene happens. I'm just like, all right, you can dodge that. You can dodge that. Yeah. When that last grid comes out, I was like, oh, fuck off. It, no, it's a bad, it's a badass scene because it's it plays on your expectations. Like there's, there's scenes in other movies where you've got to get through or around lasers. Yeah. So he does, you breathe a collective sigh of relief and then they slice him to bits. It's, just I like, love that movie. You. I love that movie yeah. a lot. Big fan. Um, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, so they he beats the course. Quick, uh, quick strike uses a grappling hook and then beats the same course. Clancy comes out and is like, is this team ready? And they're like, yes. 
The butcher of Sorobia's name is Leon Bosch, which is also an excellent name. And, uh, uh, and uh, Mayday's there as well. So you've got um, uh, Lieutenant Stone. Uh, you've got great. Uh, yes. Why is Leon Bosch a great name? I think it's just a very, it's evocative name. It's the yeah, but- it Leon Bosch, of, the butcher of Sorobia. It reminds me of Hieronymus Bosch. So now I'm picturing him murdering children in really, really horrific ways. And then uh, sending them down to the demons in hell to like play with their organs. Thank you. Real, because all I'm thinking of is like, oh yeah, I think that guy is on an Amazon show I don't watch, but has been going on for like 12 seasons. What? What is that thing about anyway? Nobody knows. Nobody's ever seen the, the show Bosch. Nobody's ever, Nobody's seen ever Bosh, watched it. But it has uh, so many seasons. You know who? Lo- you know the one person who loves Bosch? Who? Jeff effing Bezos. And that's the only reason they keep making it. I would have said Matt Manser, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. There's two people in this world who love Bosch. Mm -hmm. Matt Manser and Jeff Bezos. Are we still talking about Hieronymus Bosch? Possibly. Who knows? Nobody's seen the show. That could be his name on the show. No one could tell you. (laughs) He could be a resident of a Renaissance painter. We don't know. If you go to the IMDB page for, um, for the show Bosch, it's just a big old question mark. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Hashtag nobody knows. <laughs> and Mayday uh, is there. And so there's a four person team. They want to send in a small team because they're not trying to provoke an incident because Bosch is ready to murder innocent people. He just needs it to look like he's being invaded and he can feel justified and the masses won't bother him. So they 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 say, we're going to come in. We're not just going to go in with four people. We're going in with four people with and god dang skis. rocket skis. Rocket skis. skis. Okay. The coolest thing in the world. Okay, here's the thing. Like as soon as he says, I know what will make this I know what will make it faster, and he holds up <laughs> skis. I wrote, skis never make anything faster. Do you know how long it takes to put on skis? So unless they're like putting on the skis right now and then flying to Sokovia. They're, they're like it takes like 20 minutes to get into skis and then you got to waddle someplace like I don't care if they have rockets uh, on them rockets them Gina. On and taking them off part. It's going to take like a half hour at least. Not only can you go down a mountain faster with rocket skis, which I do not suggest. Uh, <laughs> sounds very dangerous, but you could also go up a mountain with rocket skis, which saves which, you a lot of time, which she does. She does. She rolls right up the side of a mountain. And I'm like, you go, Mayday. You get it. I I feel like someone who is prone to constantly breaking her legs should not strap little rockets to her feet. The one time again, you know, they really set us off with the first like three episodes she was on. She (laughs) broke her leg. And now they just keep they're fucking with us. Right. They just keep putting her in obvious positions (laughs) to break her leg. And then at the end of the episode, she's like, I'm fine. Doesn't Uh, seem fair. Some rando peacekeeper dude. Gets his leg busted. And you're like, yes, what? He Did yeah. he take the shot for her? What's happening? Yeah, here? then Mayday's like, bitch, I've been there. You're going to want a lot of oxycodone. <laughs> yeah, but don't get hooked. It's bad news. So we go over to the Bosch bunker. Uh, and uh, uh, there's an entire town that's been wiped out. Like an entire town of, I'm assuming, dissidents that Bosch has just taken in. Uh, the town is gone. The people are gone. Uh, Iron Claw ends up showing up, ordering Bosch around. So you get this fun little interplay. I did enjoy this bit where Bosch is used to being like the man. Nobody tells me what to do. 
but I, he said, people keep saying, oh, Iron Claw is your boss. He's like, no, I work with Iron Claw. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, but he tells you what to do and then you do it. And it never goes the opposite way. He's yeah. like, no, 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 no. He's just my coworker. He is suggesting <laughs> courses of action. And yeah. he's not my boss. This uh, is is the, the thing that uh, made me kind of say, like, I wanted to see this happen a lot more during the season because it was really interesting. I was like, oh, how's this guy going to react to that? And then I kind of wanted to see, um, like, all sorts of these people around the world eventually realizing, like, wait a minute, I'm getting I'm getting screwed here. Because, uh, like, every time, obviously, at the end, uh, Iron Claw's like, peace, I'm out of here. Good luck. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed this because I feel like it was it was like every time a boss tries to pretend that you're a team and there's like that one idiot that really believes them. And then they have that moment where they they like give their boss a suggestion. The boss is like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but we're not going to do that. And you see the disillusion on their face of, of yeah. oh, crap, I, I thought I was I thought we were all partners. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, I, you know, I just really enjoy that dynamic because he's literally like, people are telling him like, oh, you're Iron Claw's bitch. And he's like, no, he believes I should rule. It's like, so you're his bitch. You literally just said that you're only there because he thinks you should be there. Um, uh, I enjoy the bit. Yeah. He says, uh, you're wrong. He believes I should rule. That very much feels like. No, he definitely loves me. <laughs> no, like he smacked me earlier and then cracked a plate over my head and tossed me out the window. But still, he's a good guy. I you know. don't know what he's like. You don't know what he's like in private. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, also, uh, an another thread that sort of gets left is that um, I, I forget who does it first, but the peacekeepers like we went there and there was nobody in the town. And Bosch is like, wait a minute, I went there and there was nobody in the town. Obviously, you did something. She was like, no, you did something, obviously. Oh, so like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I, I think what happened is, in fact, Iron Claw came in and destroyed the town and whatnot, but they never bring it up again. And I would have just like one line where it was like, um, uh, he's like, what happened to those people? It's like, I did it, obviously. Uh, so we get more of the, oh, damn, I'm getting screwed by this Iron Claw fella. It's a good moment uh, because, yeah, the city is called Tribuk, which is uh, a fascinating. Uh, it's, it's a good name. I like the names they're choosing for this. Uh, G.I. Joe ends up using their rocket skis to go over mountains, find footprints that lead into a dead city. And there is there's a great moment that Chan just said where the uh, the the, uh, the the prisoners are like, yo, you effed up and and, and just destroyed Tribuk. And he's like, nah. -uh. <laughs> So it's like, I have a feeling if General Bosch is the kind of guy, if he had done it, would have taken pride in saying that he did it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I agree with you. They kind of, they don't really explain that. But I, I mean, it seems pretty clear Iron Claw is kind of doing the grunt work of making General Bosch look worse than he is. So that way he can be this horrible dictator. You know, they're not going to fear you if you're not wiping out cities like Tribuk. Yeah. Uh, also, they all jump out of the helicopter to play with around their rocket skis. Yeah. And then they just leave the helicopter there. How much fuel did. does a helicopter have? Well, it's on autopilot. Now, how they explain how they're going to get back up into the helicopter. <laughs> kind of wondering that. I assume uh, it's a disposable helicopter. 
Couldn't well, they right. just have landed the goddamn thing? <laughs> well, no, because no. then they would have seen him coming, obviously. And leaving then they it hanging above the air. In their skis. Yeah. Leaving it hanging in the air is much less obvious <laughs> than actually landing it somewhere, Chan. Know your military. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Because I tell you what, the number of times a, a helicopter just uh just hovers overhead and I don't notice it. It's just every single time they're okay. so quiet and unobtrusive. I mean, here's the thing. We have helicopters enough in LA that I no longer look up. So there could be people jumping out of them with rocket skis. And I would just be like, ugh, I get probably someone running, running through the streets again, trying to get away from cops. I mean, this all holds up. This all makes a lot of sense to me running from cops or they're just there to harass people, you know, you know, the, the, the poor people of Serobia, let's face it, you know, they're, they're probably not uh, glistening white skin. Uh, so the police are probably in on them. Let's I mean, face facts, trying to harass them. Thing. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be Eastern Europe. So Eastern Europe is not. Uh, 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 oh, what's the end of the sentence going to be? <laughs> no, aren't, aren't there aren't there dark complexions in Eastern Europe? Am I am I crazy? Like Romania, Bulgaria. Those are still white people with uh, that are just a little swarthy. They're like me. <laughs> swarthy. Don't police hate swarthy people? Is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> TV's swarthy Gina Apolito. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think the end of that sentence was going to be? I'm trying to, this I is not the MR race, the though. that there were, that, that like, that, that people in Eastern Europe were diverse. I thought you were going to say, oh, Eastern European is diverse. No, I mean, no, listen, I, Europe is crudely homogenized and fighting to keep it that way, unfortunately. Um, but that, that, that being said, I've always considered the, the, the people of like the Eastern countries, uh, of Europe, you know, the ones I named, Albania, et cetera. I always thought of them as being a little bit uh, darker darker skin, I thought. You know, honestly, uh, now now I want to know, but I feel like if I Google it, I'm just going to get a big <laughs> red sign saying, you fucking racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my curiosity is there, but that's that's a, that's a middle-class white person's uh, curiosity, <laughs> and I should not be indulging it. Chan and I could answer this for you, but we're not going to. I, listen, neither of you is here to help me whenever I bring up <laughs> anything involving uh, uh, racial dynamics, nor should you, quite frankly. It's much better for the show to just let me <laughs> hang myself out to dry. But my heart is pure, I swear to God. G.I. <laughs> Joe will return after these messages. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Introducing the ultimate warrior. 
The G.I. Joe Super Trooper. There's only one way to get him. Send four Super Trooper certificates and a $1 handling charge. See details on specially marked packages for your Super Trooper, the ultimate warrior. Now, back to G.I. Joe. There's a moment coming up that I really dislike that made me, uh, that I would like all the prisoners to be executed. Was this the underwater SOS that they're running? Is that what you're talking about? No, it's, it's at some point the prisoners get fed. Like they get, they get a plate full of prison food Mm -hmm. and one of the prisoners before anyone gets to take any food gets so mad and says we shouldn't be eating and then knocks everyone's food on the ground Oh yeah, because he's upset that they're not planning their escape and then he immediately says like we should be escaping and they go through this elaborate plan that would frankly benefit from caloric intake because i'm sure you need a lot of energy and if i was in that cell i would be like i'm sorry hold up i'm not doing anything with you now you just knocked over my porridge uh, I will counter that with, uh, I've been watching reaction videos of animated films lately because I have a four-year-old and I have seen multiple times the scene from turning red where the dad is cooking and that animation, like, like, um, uh, Miyazaki food is next level. The animation of him cooking this pork belly is so far beyond anything <laughs> any human being has ever accomplished in the realm of animated food. When the food showed up in this G.I. Joe cartoon, I was like, yeah, I'd kick that shit over too. That's no, you, if you were starving in a cell and they brought gruel. you gruel, I want I'm, eating that gruel. I'm eating that gruel. Can I tell you right now, you mentioned the Miyazaki. There's a scene in Lupin the Third's Castle of Cagliostro, the great Lupin, Ohio Miyazaki film, where there's a giant plate. They're, they're at a diner. There's a giant plate of spaghetti and meatballs. And Lupin takes two forks and rolls, or I'm sorry, Jigen does, and rolls up the entire huge plate in the middle of them of spaghetti meatballs and eats it in one go. And I thought to myself, that is the most delicious looking spaghetti and meatballs I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe there's a thing about Miyazaki just being hungry all the time. Maybe he's Japan's anime answer to Gina Ippolito. That's why. That's also why anyone who cuts or breaks their spaghetti should die in a horrible fire. Okay, wait a minute now. They do sell it pre-broken for those of us who pot don't wish to get on Gina's spaghetti. bad side. No. I'm all about nope. that. Yeah, nope. You can't have those long. Those are awful. Those are messy and disgusting. You and are you the whitest human being alive. And no. you hot size spaghetti. Chan, he, you are the whitest person alive, according mm, to TV's Gina Polito. Nope, nope, nope. People who have children Thank know you. that you do not give them full-length spaghetti. Thank you. Because it is much easier to clean up shorter spaghetti than it is to clean up that long-ass spaghetti that they just start whipping all over the place. I don't care about people who have children. That's your own oh, fault. I, I mean, this Where? is also on brand. This is very on brand for Gina. <laughs> That is one thing, you know, uh, my family and I are going, as you listen to this, we're going to be in Disneyland. 
and we've gotten some wonderful advice from people, but we have to be careful because some of the advice we're getting comes from people like TV's <laughs> Gina Polito that do not have children and do not factor that into the advice that they are giving. Okay, first yeah, of all, first of all people, people should know? not bring children to Disneyland. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. I think we can all agree <laughs> that that's a terrible idea. Who would bring a kid to the happiest place on Earth? Disneyland. Ridiculous. Second of all, you did not get some good advice. You got good advice from me and the rest of the people are like, have a good time. I gave you exactly what foods to eat, exactly where to get them. I gave you advice about what rides to ride when. There is only one person with the kind of knowledge in that thread that is useful at all. And I don't I don't know if both of you have seen the movie Secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Mm -hmm. James Spader. It's a great movie. Gina's very much like James Spader in this instance. (laughs) You can have four peas and as much mashed potatoes as you want. <laughs> and Look at, I, I, I think that's please, an amazing reference. Please, and me and you, Chad, it's only for us. It's only for who us. has not seen Secretary. Oh my goodness, go watch that movie because I've because seen then it. you will come I, back to this good. and be like, mm. it's I not love that Secretary. Good. Uh, and but I I have a spreadsheet of Disney things. There's a spreadsheet, you guys, because of course there is. If you listen to the show ever, that's the least surprising thing Gina has ever said on the show. Yo, it has allowed me to partake of almost every food in the Disney parks and know exactly where the delicious ones are. But I will say, because I've been there so much, I've seen the mistakes that all families make, which was why I led with. Uh, Don't get that trash dryers ice cream. Don't get that trash hot dog. Because every time I always see the the like pissed off dad and the overwhelmed mom just wanting to feed their kids something. And so they get easy stuff. And then they're like, like, I know someone who was like, Disney doesn't have any good food. And I was like, what did you eat? And they were like, I got a bag of Lay's potato chips. I got a hot dog and a dryer's ice cream. And I was like, fuck you. What are you talking about? That's like going to a pizza place and ordering Kung Pao chicken. I bet is the Kung Pao chicken is delicious. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> good mean. to me. I mean, Gina, to be fair, the first mistake you would say with these families is that they had kids in the first place. So let's yeah, just start there. Yeah, of course. There. Look, every, I have, I have uh, never, I go to Disney a lot because I've had an annual pass for many years. And I have never once seen parents of kids under eight having a good time. That's not that's not what they're there for. They're yeah. there to make sure that the children who are under eight are you, having a good time. You because mean, you know how the place gets yes. the name, the, the happiest place on earth? Because the fucking children walk away happy. No, that's actually that's actually not true. Uh the actual mm-hmm. quote was that 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 Disney said that people of all ages can go there and feel like a kid again. So that's that's not true. But I will say they inevitably end up screaming at their kids. And then their kid, and also I've seen many kids have a fucking meltdown. So you cannot convince me that kids under eight are having a real grand time there when they're Gina, fucking getting screamed at and having meltdowns. Wait a minute. Gina, kids under eight just have meltdowns. They like that doesn't even meltdowns. mean they're not having a good time. That's just <laughs> what they do. Uh, I mean, 
I, I last time I was there, I saw a dad who did not even get out of the parking lot to the park before he started yelling at his kids. I am not shitting you. Well, you know, there are some bad parents out there, too. Yeah, give me that I one. mean, uh, you know, that's maybe not always the kid's fault. Let me just put that out there. Um, and maybe there's a reason these kids are melting down. Just saying, look, I fully expect like we're staying on premise premises in a, uh, in a hotel there. Yeah, you're nice doing it up right yeah, and that's yeah, a very we're, we're, expensive, very nice hotel. You made reservations at a very cool. Gina, people aren't supposed to know that I have money now. Please, can restaurant. we stop with the? Can we stop with the truth? But you really, you really got to try that Monte Cristo sandwich. I'm, I'm oh, I'm it's one of my favorite right sandwiches. Yeah, I will absolutely try it. Um, I'm very excited. We got reservations. My birthday is this week. Huzzah! We're going to be at Disney, uh, Disneyland proper on my birthday. It's going to be excellent. And we're going to have a very, very good time with all of the above. Yo, make sure uh, you get yourself a it's my birthday button from town hall. We're we're getting we're getting the pins and get it, get a get it. It's my first time here because you might you might get some secret perks. Okay, I'll let them know. I've been to Disneyland before, though. Will will Mickey know I'm a liar and kick me out? No, you get the birthday button and then you get the it's my first time here button for Luna. Oh, it is her first time there. Yeah, I guarantee you. And it's almost her birthday, too, so we're going to get a birthday button for her, too. We're going to try to pull. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they don't ask for ID or anything, and I guarantee you at some point you'll get some special treat. By which you mean what is this? Is this a handjob? Yeah, is this sexual? I don't. The way you said that, I'm assuming like some sort of a uh, some sort of a costume character handy. Yeah, normally I'm all for perversion, but don't Uh sully Disney with your filthy jokes. (laughs) Oh yes, notoriously clean Disney. (laughs) Okay, look, I got uh, I have I have the uh, annual pass to Universal. So clearly, I'm going to be shitting on Disney because I we are not Disney folk. Wait, I have annual passes to both. I love Universal. Yeah, Universal's great. I have no problem with that. Chanda, if you if you go to Universal on your birthday, uh, to Gina's uh, logic, do you, can you get like a handy from a minion? Is that a thing that can? Because <laughs> oh I mean, it, it oh wait, have you you guys have seen the uh, the the minions porn the like commissioned no no i'm I'm so serious wait no Uh, (laughs) you've been in too many writers rooms gina (laughs) wait no how dare you solely the but let me tell you about the minions porn (laughs) (laughs) no there is there is minions erotica that Uh someone was commissioned to write and okay. it was like for the New Yorker or some shit. Notice how she said, you know, someone like that person isn't TV's what? Gina Ippolito. No. Okay. Okay. Here, here it is. It's for BuzzFeed news. My buddy just posted about this. Hold on. Hold on. Did you confuse the New Yorker? A, yeah, a because stately the, periodical. No, the New Yorker is trash. First of all, the they've had trash, trash takes ever since yeah. Trump took office. Yeah, they're and bad. BuzzFeed News has actually my my buddy broke this down in his int- Instagram stories. They are a legitimate, credible news source now that is in like political rooms when they have press conferences. But the story is called "The Minions in Me," <laughs> a short story of a woman whose Tinder date turns into a full-on minion orgy and y'all you need to go and find it now because no there i is, don't what no you do it's not look look there's no there's no it's it's a woman who Gina. 
Gina, I've been here before. I've been in your shoes and I've told people that absolutely they need to look up Splorch and there's nothing weird about it. And then they get there and they realize it's about a weird sex toy that implants alien eggs into their buttholes and they cry. So I'm not going to be that. that No, no. Here's the thing. It's about a woman who meets Gru on Tinder (laughs) and ends up going going (laughs) I'm telling you, it is the funniest, (laughs) the funniest thing I've ever seen. My, My buddy posted it all on his Instagram page and she ends up going to Gru's house for this date. And the minions are all there, and she ends up fucking the minions. And it turns out this was her plan all along. She basically like catfished Gru. And I'm just gonna read you this one sentence. Why? What? <laughs> no, oh, I mean, what's happening? I'm gonna send so many Pokemon <laughs> porn links to you today. No, it's from BuzzFeed News. She grabbed the black nub and pulled. The bulge split apart at the tip. She gradually pulled back flaps of skin, unpeeling the minion's dick just like a banana. Ah, yes, there it was. It looked just like the tip of a cut you've been dipped. The resemblance stopped as she unpeeled further. She got further and further down and there was no shaft to be found. Like the minion's bodies, the dicks were all ahead. What? Why are you doing this to us? Because it's hilarious. The show... To anybody listening, we're trying to get patrons here, and you're like, ah, oh. no, then I the shaftless penis of the minion entered her vagina. And no, it is the, because it is pure comedy, there is nothing sexy about it. It is pure comedy, Gina. Gina, there have already been 30 dudes who have splooged in their pants just from you saying that out loud. Just because <laughs> it's not sexy to you doesn't mean it's not sexy to a bunch of creepers out there who are looking for minions porn. And now we're going to have to SEO no, tag this episode. You, to be clear, this this person got paid by BuzzFeed News <laughs> to write this. And it's hilarious. She goes on a date with Gru. Why are you shaming sex workers, Gina? (laughs) I would expect this from Ray. Wait, the minions in this in this are sex workers? Who's the sex worker in this? No, the person who's been paid to write this. That's not a sex worker. That's a writer. That's a writer like me who pitched a story to BuzzFeed Uh News that Uh was, what if I write a story about a woman who catfishes grew so she could fuck a bunch of men. Gina, do you know what the difference between a Hollywood writer and a sex worker is? Uh, sex workers get fucked way less often than Hollywood writers do. Yes. The, <laughs> yes. The accurate. That is the correct answer. Ray, you knew we were waking up at 5 a.m. to go to <laughs> Disney. How come you didn't come to bed till 3.15? <sighs> Gina sent me some minions porn and I had to <laughs> had to get through it. And One uh, thing led to another and I mean here we are. Here I we ended are. up catfishing Gru on Tinder and going to his place. Couldn't believe how uh, many minions I fucked. Uh, you know, hearing Gina Weird. talk at length about the minions porn just tells me she deserves a Masters of the Universe season two on this show. <laughs> I've never felt it more than I feel it right now. Well, she does, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> tough situation i guess we have to guess we have to give away chan's address on uh, the patreon pre-record him saying i didn't like this contrary to what you two think Uh, two things one i welcome death two (laughs) all you need to do to replace me is just uh cut out this clip (sighs) 
That's it. That's so it. You know what? We got That's it. All I can got that one too. Yeah, we got it. It's we got the it. episode of the critic where it stinks gets on gets stuck on a loop, and he's just going, "It stinks! It stinks! It stinks! It stinks!" You know, one of these days, it's going to be a thought experiment for me to just go back through the episodes, cutting out clips from YouTube, and literally <laughs> just doing an episode by myself. Have we ever watched a critic episode? Up. I the critic, like, I love yeah. the critic. The critic was great. John yeah. Lovett. Yeah, it was Lovett great. In that movie, High School High. Yes, sure. I would argue that's the best John Lovett's movie. Now, uh, that's not saying a lot. Not saying a lot. I love John Lovett's. Does not have a stellar s- cinematic career. It's a shame because he's super talented. Like his yeah. run on Saturday Night Live is an underappreciated one. Uh, he's in, he's in a little movie called The Wedding Singer, and he's fantastic. Yeah, that's a pretty good bit. Mm, yeah. I used to mm. quote that a lot. Hit just I'm specifically his line. <laughs> so the prisoners under the water send out a light signal signaling SOS from underneath the ocean. Now, Are we still how, talking about this? Show? How they managed to get a light beam through an open window, but they're also underwater, isn't fully explained to me, but that's fine. G.I. Joe sees it. They figure out what's going on. They drop on down. They break in. And what I love is like uh, uh, Bosch is on the horn with Iron Claw. And Bosch is like, all right, a bunch of G.I. Joes just got here. They broke into the base. They're trying to solve the prisoner situation. Uh, uh, we got it under control. And Iron Claw is basically like, you know, I am concerned <laughs> that you do not have this under control. I've, I've dealt with G.I. Joe before, and I don't think you have what it takes to defeat them. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, which finally someone already said, someone says it, because I always feel like watching these things, anyone who really thinks they're going to be the one to defeat the person or entity yeah. that has defeated them a million yeah. times before is just insane. So I'm glad someone finally was like, look, we've gone up against these guys for two seasons worth of episodes. <laughs> if someone is going to defeat them, it's got, it's not going to be fucking you. Yeah, you're the general uh, uh, of Sorobia. You're not the one bringing down G.I. Joe, pal. Yeah, I mean, they're really cutting. Fresh eyes, you know, I got a new look at it. I got this. Just but they're not... really, like, cutting him down to size in this episode. Like, he's going to need therapy after this. He's going to go oh. into therapy and be like, I thought I was an equal partner in this relationship that I had. And it turned out I was just sort of a, a minion. Not the not the kind of minion. God damn it, Gina! Women, don't you do it? Fuck, yeah, but no, don't but you the do ba- it. The bad kind of it. minion that doesn't just have a banana dick. God damn it! <laughs> banana nub. It's not a full dick, as we established, as your hot hot reading established for everyone who listens God to the show. What has happened to this episode? <laughs> uh, okay, more fights happen. They liberate all the prisoners who were just like, yo. Um, you saw our light, and they're like, "Yeah, and we did." Big hug, weird hug between the female uh, leader of the resistance, uh, or you know, uh, aid worker, whatever, pretending we're and Quick Strikes goes in for the hug, and it's just like a little awkward. He's going for it in the middle um, of a prisoner rescue. Wasn't that the? Wasn't that the scene where something like fell, like part of the roof or whatever, and he like grabbed her to get her out of the way? Yeah. So it wasn't like, uh, hey, up, uh, here's an affectionate hug for, you know. Big, uncomfortable a, hug, though, as a result. I'm a, I'm a hugger. So if you guys are out there on your dates and you're trying to get some physical contact, this is incel network uh, for you. Uh, yeah. Make sure something large falls from the sky near you 
and that gets you your chance at an embrace mm. in the middle of your date. Here's a quick tip. Um, <laughs> shoot down the track lighting that's wherever you are. There it is. And hopefully that track lighting has um, Gatling guns on them like these things do because yeah. that's how they're set up. Like someone went to fucking Target and installed a bunch of turrets on <laughs> track lighting just with like, you know, like drywall screws and shit. So they come right down when they shoot at them. Target's great. They do everything now. They really do. And tell you what, man, I will just I would do that curbside pickup every day and twice on Tuesday. <laughs> and oh, but but don't get your quad lasers there, just for the record. They are low quality. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you know, that better quality than Walmart's. Oh well, that's that goes without saying. Nobody goes to Walmart. <laughs> Dear Lord. You can practically smell the exploitation when you walk in the door. Are we still talking about this show? <laughs> they get out through an underground dock and they get on a boat. And then I they, now again Okay, that dock. That dock is what's happening fucking here? weird. A, there's a boat on a mine cart on tracks. The tracks they go and they just roll out like they're in goddamn Temple of Doom. They get to the end of the tracks and the boat just boo, shoots right off of the cart. And they're, I don't know, 80 feet above the water. And, uh, just like the there's a little hole in the side of the volcano or wherever the hell they are. And it's boo, just pop right out and boosh into the water. See, none of that made any sense. We keep establishing this is underground, underwater, and yet we keep getting like situations involving windows that are open and boats that are not submarines. And I'm just like, how do you get from the underwater dock in a normal boat to the surface again when you've established that the dock is underground? I, I just, I have my questions how spatially this works. Thankfully, this episode does not even try to explain them. Uh, they get back out into, into the uh, open air. Uh, they get a torpedo shot at them. They're like, uh-oh, we're about to blow up when the 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 lady, and I, I don't even know if they ever say her name, but the lady re- leader of the, uh, the, the aid workers. They do uh, say her name because there was a point where I was like, oh, damn, I got to go back and listen to that. And oh, I did you write it down, Chad? Did you no, write I it could down? not make it out. Yeah, no, we don't know. Oh, uh, what chance do we have? So she, she grabs does it seem like they're, set, they're setting her up to be flirty with. Uh... Yes. Yeah. Oh, quick strike. Absolutely. Because yeah. she grabs very phallic. She reaches into his pocket, grabs his gun, shoots the torpedo, which blows up. And he's like, hey, I didn't like you doing it, but you, you hit it. So, you know, great job. Great job. That was what we needed. Now, why quick, quick strike the G.I. Joe marksman uh, uh, who shoots quickly didn't think to do that first beyond me. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, oh, <laughs> Roll the credits. Hey, hold on. Hold oh. on. Yes. Maybe I did get it. Let's see. The name not Captain. Uh, no, oh, no. no that hold was on, the on. name is not Captain because he called her Captain. Yeah, but she uh, says the name is like Mita. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote Rita because that is a normal name. Mita is not a name, but it definitely sounded like she said Mita. Can we hear it one I, more time? I have for a the feeling our one listener named Mita just got real sad. Yeah, Mita got pissed you know off at you. Uh, she is Mita, from Eastern ahead, Europe, and she is she is a little darker complexion, and she's <laughs> like, I got real real issues, real ham with Robert Clark Chan right now. I got yeah. it. Uh, tweet at us, and I will send you a handwritten apology. <laughs> Worth. Right here, Captain, on the name Quick 
Strikes. The name's Mita, not Captain. I got Mita again. I got Mita. Wait, uh, is, am I hearing the a totally wrong thing? I'm hearing her her say the name is not yeah. Captain. No, yeah, the name is Nita, not Captain. Oh, I'm I'm missing it. All I'm hearing just, is a pause. The name is not Captain. Wow. That's when what women talk in cartoons, Gina just tunes right out. Wait, play it one more want. time. Here we go. It's they're they're in a fight, and Quick Strike's like, my name's Quick Strike because I wanna, I like to fuck, and then Quickly. she's all. What about that guy who blasted us out of our cell? Right here, Captain. I'm the name Quick Strike. The name's Nita, not Captain. Oh, I heard it that time, and it sounded like Nita, which is yeah. a name. Yeah. Which is what I said like a minute and a half ago. Did but you say Rita though? Yeah, I thought you said Rita. I said Rita, and then when I listened to it again, I was like, oh, uh, it sounds kind of like Mita or Nita. Nita's a name, so that's probably what they said. Mm. I think it's Mita, which is the meat eater's equivalent to Pita. Uh-huh. Mm. I think she's based on that. That Honestly, I would buy that. Mm-hmm. If you had like sold that, I would have said, like, yes, that is correct. It's You don't think I sold it? Ray, you couldn't sell your way out of a wet paper bag. You tell that to all my advertisers, sir. Because... Al Snow sells better than you. Oh, my God. Now, had you said Kane sells better than me uh, or or <laughs> Dr. Death Steve Williams sells better than me, I would have been offended. Al Snow is a jobber who sells fantastically. He should sell better than me. Are we still talking Checkmate. about this? No, we are not. <laughs> Uh, okay, the troops show up and attack G.I. Joe, but like they just get completely wiped off. Like they, they're even four Joes, they're just getting annihilated uh, by the Joe team right there. G.I. Joe goes into the cave, uh, which is where they want to go because Scar is just uh, Iron Claws showed up with Scar at this point. They are everywhere. The Joes are pinned down behind a giant boulder. They try to go into the caves, but are just they just can't get there. Too much gunfire, and the entire Scar army is surrounding them. At this point, the show episode gets a little weird. This felt a little bit like Deke era to me. I didn't like it. Oh. Where uh, the, he, uh, Lieutenant Stone says, hey, Ironclaw, you're a betting man. Hold you on. Know, no, we didn't get, we skipped yeah. over the part where like, find us a way out. Cool. Uh, um, Duder finds like a little hole in the back. and is like, okay, I will, you know, blow it up until we can escape from here. Um, he sticks some C4 in there, pulls out a cartoonishly large like directly <laughs> shipped from Acme detonator that is like this huge thing with the big old handle like Wiley Coyote used to to blow things up with I'm like dude it's the 90s you could have just like taken the wires and uh, put a little switch and go click you took this thing out because what kids wouldn't understand what an explosion is um so you get it I had a problem with that, but then the, yes, they did escape, and then um, uh, then we get to the thing. Yeah, we get to the thing. We get to the giant. So if we get if we can get to the top of that mountain over there, then you have to let us go, um, Iron Claw. And Iron Claw's like, yeah. Why would he do that? Why not just murder them right there? I don't really understand. He claims it's part of his larger plan. But his larger plan is the end game of his larger plan is to murder G.I. Joe. So you've got G.I. Joe captured behind a boulder. They cannot move. They're pinned down. You could send in waves of enemy of your troops and just murder them outright. Instead, you 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 give them a very winnable opportunity because they have rocket skis. You know who G.I. Joe is. 
they have every opportunity here to do it. And Iron Claw is like, yeah, that's a great idea. You guys, I'm going to take this bet. Yeah, this is very stupid. Weird. And and it's also like a, a very, because like not Duke says to him, uh, oh, you're, it, he like basically says like, oh, you're a man of honor. Give us the opportunity to do it. And it's like, when was he ever a man of honor? I mean, he doesn't say that exactly, but that's basically what he says. He says like, you believe in people earning this shit so let us earn it and it's like wait when was that part of his character the claim that only the strong shall survive yes and you and those so-called peacekeepers are not worthy to exist in a world with iron claw you're wrong we can cross this mountain and get the peacekeepers to safety if we can that proves we deserve to live by your own standards so yeah, it's so stupid. Honorable Iron Claw. Yeah, it's so stupid. He's never once yeah. that has never once been part of his character. Look, we've hit like episode like what is this twenty two of GI Joe Extreme, and this is the first time I've been I've seen something that happened on the show, and I've been like, bullshit. That's not bad. Yeah, I, mean, I can't yeah. even say original original GI Joe didn't have that moment for me well before episode twenty two. You know yeah, what I'm I mean this is a this is a, it's a nothing burger is a nothing burger episode. Yeah, I just think they we've told the stories we want to tell, but we're contracted for a few more episodes, so we're just going to spin our wheels like season four of most dramas. <laughs> it's and a bummer it, because, like, yeah, there are a lot of really interesting pieces in here, but yeah. then they go with this thing, which, um, like, at first, it's you know, he's like, yeah, we'll give them some rope, uh, but, like, it doesn't matter. They're, you know, even if they make it up there, they're still not going to escape. They, they make it to the top of that mountain. And I assume when they got to the top of the mountain, he was going to like, okay, we'll uh, lob some fucking artillery at him, blow him up. What the hell? Just as yeah. Uh, I mean, and yeah. Then it became a thing where if they, they uh, would run across these um, uh, tribesmen that had been uh, taken hostage. Survivors then, of Tribook. Uh, survive- oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, they're going to save them, and that's why they're going to die. None of it. It, it started to break down because it sounded like he had a plan, but then he just kept on letting them go until they were gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole plan is that they get to the top of the mountain. They they make it in, like, the very next scene. Like, there is no drama about the mountain. Nobody would believe it anyway. Yes, of course, G.I. Joe makes it to the top of the mountain. There they see a, a, a compound where the survivors of Tribook are being held. It's obviously a trap. Uh, there's, a, there's a big open front door, and everywhere else around is, like, guarded. And so they're like, all right, we're not going to take the front door, obviously. And then, seemingly, they just walk up and take the front door anyway. <laughs> Yeah, which was a little bit. They make a big deal about saying, obviously, we're not taking the front door. Get into the moment. They go to the front door and behind it's this robot guy with like rocket arms. And uh, 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 they end up blinding the robot guy. This is kind of a fun moment. They blind the robot guy because the robot guy is being controlled directly by Iron Claw through like a virtual reality machine, which is kind of fun. Kind of a fun bit. They 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 blind the optic sensors, so he's just shooting indiscriminately around. They take out the robot, and then they just say, I don't care. I got a second robot. So he just rolls out his second Securitron right there and starts attacking them. They blast that one down, and then there's like 90 more of these robots. <laughs> and they just rescue the people, and then they jump off the mountain. They set everything to explode. It doesn't need much more explanation than this. It's just, it's very paint by numbers. 
it gets it gets wildly uninteresting after the ridiculousness of the billion robots. And uh, Iron Claw leaves the island. This is the exciting part. G.I. Joe escapes with everybody. It was a terrible plan by Iron Claw. Iron Claw blames Bosch for literally everything, which is a raw deal. Keep your receipts, Bosch. You know, got to cover your ass a little better than that. He but should they have leave... known that this was where this was headed. Yeah. And Iron Claw leaves Bosch behind in the helicopter to think about everything he's done. <laughs> yeah, and then they make which... a big deal of saying like, well, Bosch will no longer have any support. Uh, Iron Claw's uh, played him. He's withdrawn his support. The people are free again. Yay. And I'm like, I don't think that's actually how it works. But you know what? For the sake of this episode, yay. I mean, that's the thing is that it would have been real fun uh, if that were like a regular thing. Kind of, It's kind of like there, here's the setup to a joke uh, right. that he like hangs out this dude to drive. And then there's like no real payoff. Unless like the next few episodes are more of this sort of thing. But I, I seriously doubt that. Or even just cut to like Bosch and he's working as like a low level minion for another leader or something, right? Like he's got his own little platoon, but he's been knocked down like four pegs in a different organization. Um, <laughs> that might be fun. You know, that might be a fun character arc, honestly. You get this this villain who is at the top of his game, was about to take over the country, then got his rug pulled out from underneath him. And now he's like, you know, a, a, a small detail operative in, a, in another organization. It's a cool bit. I, I, you I know, it, maybe I'll be stealing it for my vampire show. But I think honestly, it would have been funnier cool. if it cuts to him and he's like got like a white collar office job and has to field phone calls all day oh from like God. people who are having problems with their, with like their products. So it's just him like sighing and wearing wearing a, a tie that's a little bit too tight. The phone keeps ringing and he answers it and he keeps saying like, "Did you try unplugging it?" and plugging it back in and then like he just keeps hands and like that's his answer for everything is just unplug it and plug it back in it's like it's like he gets a job working at dunder mifflin and has to sit next to rain wilson for the next five years exactly be amazing it's a good bit and that's that is lit that is our show that's the whole thing hard road home you know like there were some like i think chan you said it great there are some good ideas present here did chan never yeah he did um like five minutes ago um 10 minutes ago check the tape he did say it guys you're gonna have to listen to this whole episode again to find the spot where chan <laughs> said it give me a give me a timestamp, and that way i can have a this is a ray is right moment and i would appreciate that um but yeah there's a lot of interesting ideas at play here uh, none of it really comes together none of it really pays off uh i would have liked a little more play with everybody knows that iron claw is, is using you and it's gonna hoe you out uh, and, and he's been in denial about it until it's obviously in his face, which does happen at the end. But I would have liked a moment a little bit before that where maybe Bosch like oversteps with Iron Claw. And that's what triggers Iron Claw to be like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to take my troops and go home and leaves him in a fucked situation against G.I. Joe. That could have been a cool bit, too. I I wonder if this was part of something larger that. Uh, um like a longer arc that just got abandoned and they're at the end and they're just like, ah, eh, we still got the script around. We still need three more episodes. Let's just, uh, you know, animate this thing and just chuck it out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. feel that that's what happened. Yeah. They've just got some loose ideas. We have to fill time again. We've said everything we already wanted to say for this season. Yeah. Especially because it does seem like they're trying to set up, set up that little flirtation. And I, I thought like, is this woman going to be a Joe at the end of this? Or is she going to like, Oh, interesting. Be- because because she was sort of, a, you know, like an interesting character and seeing someone whose whose main job is like peacekeeping. 
you know, start start dating a Joe who's constantly like training to kill would have yeah. been would have been intriguing. I like that. I like that idea. Uh, you know, all of that is very fun. Uh, and and who knows? Honestly, the next few episodes, the next couple episodes might pay it off. GI Joe Extreme has surprised us in the past with paying off storylines and going deeper than we thought they were going to. I don't expect it in this case, but I'm just I'm not going to take it totally off the table. Yeah, I mean, this is this is is still a an okay episode and it's one yeah, of the it's not bad one of the like worst episodes of this series which is saying so- something because it's still better than like 90 percent of the deke episodes yes no i would say right now i could name like two deke episodes that were better than this one and they were both written by christy marks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. and after that i would still put this episode above basically any other deke episode Give me the Mind Mangler. Give me Bioc. Uh, it's the two best Deke episodes by by a large margin. Mm-hmm. And then this fits in comfortably where it fits. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I don't know we've killed Jan. Out, Ray. Just end it now. I want to talk about <laughs> Deke some more. I, I don't think we've had enough pain this episode that involved minions porn, uh, Ray's musings on the racial makeup of Eastern Europe. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you guys really gotta. You guys really gotta look at that Buzzfeed news. Menu. I unfortunately just opened up the chat window. <laughs> and oh, I've seen it already, no, and I am not no, happy about no, it. No, I am not happy no, that that's no, suddenly no. going to show up in my uh, in in my uh, featured ads. No, you gotta um, read it. I'm gonna start getting suggested sexy minion costumes <laughs> by uh, the algorithm, Gina. Thank you. If I click on it, I'll be getting five times the amount. I will not be clicking on it. Click on it. Outside of private mode click on it and that is all we have to say about hard road home hey everybody you got a chance to help us out you can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast and you can for like five bucks a month get access to every episode of the show we've ever done and some we probably don't even remember that we've done (laughs) guarantee that that's true there have been episodes where we weren't sure if we actually had ever done before and it turns out we had done it and it's in the vault there's times we swear we've done an episode and can't find any proof of it whatsoever. <laughs> That's what happens when you lose your mind doing a podcast for seven years about 80s and 90s cartoons. Uh, you can also go to facebook.com slash knowing us have the podcast. Join us there. But more, we do more on Twitter at G.I. Joe podcast. And hey, if you get a chance to check out my show, I've been on a podcast binge going on everything I possibly can to pitch it. It's called Reclaim Detroit. A Vampire the Masquerade audio drama. Uh, I wrote it. I am in it. I am the creator of it. I am really the the force behind making it, uh, along with Sean Gould, who is a wonderful musician and wrote a lot of original music for the show, uh, which is just amazing to hear your words come to life with some of the best cast I could have possibly put together. It really has been a, a dream project to do. So go to at Vampire Detroit on Twitter or VampireDetroit.com or just search Reclaimed Detroit wherever you podcast. I guarantee it comes up at this point. Episode one uh, came out this week, and I believe it's hot fire. I believe that you will enjoy it if you listen to it. Robert Clark Chan, you listen to it. I did, and much as it pains me to admit, pretty good. <laughs> Chan said it was better than your average Deke episode, so... Well, Chan, that's not exactly <laughs> lofty praise, but it is praise that that's, I will take. That's all to you're be fair, I would argue that putting on our poster, it's pretty good, Robert Clark Chan. Those who know will believe like that's the highest praise you could ever get out of Robert Clark Chan. It Therefore, really it must be a property worth investing in. 
but for real, if you listen to this show, what, why do I need to convince you to go check out my audio drama that I put like my heart and soul into over the last eight months plus? Because your heart and soul are dirty. And I mean, yes, yes, they are dark. (laughs) They are, they, they are black, like my lungs. Um, I don't smoke. I guess that's not really a very good analogy. But this show, I think, pays off and comes out really, really well. Um, and and get, if you get a chance, go check it out. We love to inc- get the numbers up. We love to just get it in front of people, share it, tell your friends. If you know people into that kind of vampire stuff, let them know about it. I would love to. I would love to uh, have it be a thing, and have it be a thing that gets legs and uh, is able to keep going. So at Vampire Detroit on Twitter or VampireDetroit.com, look for it. Reclaimed Detroit, a vampire the masquerade audio drama. That's enough of a heart sell. I don't. I don't have the energy for any more. Neither do <laughs> so we. You can find out. How dare you, Gina? What do you got? Things to, oh yeah, you do. So let's go ahead and get out of here. You can hit up the show at GI Joe podcast, but individually I am at almighty Ray at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And Gina's got things to do you people. So good night. Situation critical. Roll call. I, you know, well, it's been distorted a bit. I mean, I was doing a monster voice and then we dialed it, the base of it, you know, uh, we dialed up the base on it, dialed down the, uh, the, the pitch, and then we added a monster effect to it. So it's, I mean, Mm. I recognize it as me. It was definitely you. So was the, the bit at the end where like the show was brought to you. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) I said, well, who do I know? I need somebody with, I said, I need somebody with a deep voice to just like crank this out. And then I was like, do I really want to get into a situation where I have to keep going back to somebody to say like two names? I'm just going to do it myself. I'll just do it first thing in the morning when my voice hasn't like modulated up yet. Oh, you didn't, you didn't just uh, drop the uh, pitch on that. No, that's me just talking. I didn't know. I did no after effects to it at all. (laughs) I just kind of like woke up in the morning. I was way down here. And then I just did the voice. (laughs) <laughs> just slow and measured and with my morning voice that's it you know <laughs> my morning voice that's, you know what i'm talking about <laughs> gina you know what he's talking about i assume it means when your voice has a boner in the morning yes, yes i had a at any time you're listening to the credits no i had a boner <laughs> <laughs> i hope credits that ruins the credits for you my boner voice <laughs> this is my boner voice yeah yeah, uh, so. I'm definitely going to leave that in so that you can cut it and put it at the end of the show, Ray. Just put it at the end, Chan. Uh, just put a little gap in an end, and that belongs in the show. <laughs> at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, you. No, 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 no. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. 
Take a listen to this. In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score Score Bunny. So it's it's a Fire Bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like goal. Like Score Bunny. <laughs> Rad. There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal. I think like donuts or something like that. How does he use his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is though. Score Bunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. But oh my Ash god, is like, Ash is still the main character of the f anime? Yes, where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train, I'm leaving, Score Bunny. And Score Bunny's like. Because he's 80 years old, that's why he sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. <laughs> if you like what you heard and love co op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast.